So insincerity is a Minnesota thing? Totally. Have you ever <laughs> been here? Good Lord. Or do they not have insincerity down in Atlanta? No, we're co- always completely sincere and honest here. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast. I'm Rob Fiorandino, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Carney and Dave. Hello, Carney. Hello. Hello, Dave. Hello. How are you guys doing tonight? Passable. <laughs> Excellent. How are you doing, Dave? Um, Nothing really to comment on. Really? Okay. Well, how are you doing? Oh, thank you for asking. You're so sweet. I'm feeling much better. I've been very sick for the last five weeks, and actually just the last three weeks. I think I'm finally starting to get over it, but but nobody cares about that. They want to hear about more Planet Nine data. Absolutely true, except <laughs> I think we went um, we went over that last time, though. I it's think been... not. Well, but there's more. Apparently, there was a paper published um, on right, March... And we... In, or in March 3rd or something like that, which is yeah. what I was discussing was the pre the pre publicity to the paper. So it was pretty much the same thing without details. <laughs> OK, well, now that you've had a chance to I'm sure you've read the entire paper. Anything to report? No. But anyway, I have not read the paper, but honestly, I, I don't need to because I couldn't follow all the maps. But I do understand the logic behind it is that. That basically it boils down to they've narrowed it down the specific parameters a bit more, and it seems like the original five to ten Earth masses is more likely to be on the five than on the ten side, and you know they think they know have a better idea where it might be, but as everybody keeps saying, it's only a theory until you actually find the planet. <laughs> so what's the uh, is there a course of action to try to actually find this thing? Oh, yeah, they've got several of the larger telescopes trained into that general area, but there's a lot of lot of uncertainty about where it's at in the sky, um, just how bright it would be, and in what spectra it's going to. So, you know, it's, it's, there's going to be luck involved. They'll keep picking at it just well, because, you know, until, until they either establish that there isn't one, by coming up with an explanation for some of the stuff in the paper, or they actually find it, you know, the, this this is going to be a major itch for astronomers. And we all know how easy it is to prove a negative. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. So this could be this could fund lots of research for a long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, if somebody comes up with a better explanation for the orientation of a lot of the planetesimals, you know, then then the whole planet thing would would start to you know drop down as being less likely you know on the other hand if they find more you know dwarf planets and planetesimals that line up with the data well then it becomes more likely so you know i think the last time i saw is that there's still depending on who you talk about anywhere from a two-thirds to three percent chance of it not being real oh wow that's amazingly large or is that, or is that, or is that somebody writing a grant? <laughs> well, the the low end of it is probably the optimists. The high end is um, the people who are well. I think of as the bah humbug crowd. Uh, the 
a truly neutral person says, well, this could be kind of exciting, but I'm not sure if it's real kind of evaluation, was that the chances of there being a planet are about two in three, which isn't great, but, yeah, that's that's better than 50-50. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been, we've been, we've lost a planet, you know, I mean, be nice to have a ninth planet again. Yes, don't get me started. It just just feels <laughs> just feels so. It just feels comforting to have nine planets. I mean, it's just kind of a thing. We can break out all the textbooks from the seventies and use them again. Oh, that's a great idea. All those people down in Texas. Well, they they haven't updated their textbooks in probably decades anyway. So they'll be right. It's, <laughs> it's, well, we've yeah. just narrowed the audience down for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One state down, yeah. forty nine to go. <laughs> I think you've insulted. I think I've insulted Minnesota, and you've insulted uh, Georgia enough. So I think you know. Yeah, but I live fair. here. It's only fair to to hit all of our home states. Actually, I think most of the insulting has been Florida, <laughs> justifiably. I mean, Florida is just crazy. There's just nothing. Well, I mean what. I'm sorry to t- digress here. Well, this is this is kind of on topic because they do a lot of space stuff in Florida, and, which is, I think, the coolest part of Florida. But the rest of the state can just hang on, and global warming may take care of it for you. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> what what part of Florida would be left? Uh, probably a little bit along the edge of Georgia and Alabama. <laughs> oh, well, your, your property values are going to go way up then. Yeah, actually, probably would be beachfront. The house I own in Pensacola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, and I think Minnesota is going to be just perfect when if we get ten more degrees on the Earth. You know, I mean, we're going to be like we're going to be like Georgia. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we also had uh, this week a successful Dragon Crew uh, flight, which was not actually a crew, but the spaceship called Dragon Crew. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And uh, that went up to the ISS, and then uh, apparently all the Russians were pretending to be afraid of it, and uh, put on <laughs> gas masks and walked around inside, and floated around <laughs> inside, and <laughs> and uh, and everything was fine. And that uh, you know, is that is that uh, is that a good summary there, Carney, or uh, maybe fill in some of the details for me? Yeah, well, the, the Russians, of course, have a vested interest in you know not trusting their competition um but from a point of view of the test itself there was a successful launch which there was very little doubt that there would be unless something drastic went wrong with the the capsule of more significance in my opinion was the fact that it managed to spend a week in space during which it managed to get into a transfer orbit for to the space station automatically dock with the space station undock from the space station and get into a the proper return orbit. You know, that was all, you know, I mean, it's a, it's basically a new plane, and until it takes off and lands, you're never quite sure if the wings are going to fall off. And <laughs> and it managed all that pretty well. And then it survived the reentry, which for first time on, you know, you know, recovery was a big deal. So everything was apparently just flawless. So everybody involved was happy with it. They're supposed to be doing an in-depth review of the data, but barring any bad news, we we might be seeing a crewed mission within the next you know three to six months. 
Oh, wow, that fast. That's cool. It, the next thing on the list is they they do a abort test, which basically they load it up on a Falcon X. They fire the Falcon X, and as it's taking off, they basically blow up the Falcon X, and we see if the... Wow. the I, don't, I don't think it's quite that drastic, but they, they act as if the Falcon X had... Something had happened to it, and they use the escape rockets. And if the crew capsule survives that, you know, and performs the way it should, that's the last step before I test crew flight. Well, that is pretty exciting because we also had a uh, didn't we have a Soyuz launch this week that went up yes. for, um, and, and delivered a new crew to the space station? Yeah, um, which I, honestly, I'm not sure if I'd. Yeah, right, exactly. I'm not sure. Was it or was there any Canadians? Oh no, we had a we have a Canadian up there right now. That or is coming home soon or something like that. Yeah, There's one Canadian up there. Anyway, but uh, uh, lost my train of thought. There we go. Soyuz Dave takeover. <laughs> Soyuz. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Soyuz. So we had the Soyuz uh, one up there. So yeah, I was just gonna say, I'm not sure if I'd rather fly in the Soyuz or fly in the uh, Dragon crew at this point. Uh, just a random pick... pot shot at the Russian space program. I yeah, really had no no basis in fact there. No, I mean the Soyuz is really reliable, but the Dragon is looking good. And honestly, <clears throat> I prefer water recovery to. I mean, if I'm going to come down by parachute and not propulsively, I'd prefer to land in water than on Earth. And the Soyuz land on Earth. Oh, they do. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. With a with a parachute, do they land in a big net or something, or they just no? They just come down and hit the ground, <laughs> and oh, that's, wow. and that's you know, yeah. yeah. They've had a few really rough landings. <laughs> oh, I bet you they have. That's interesting, huh? Well, there you go. Don't be a Russian. Don't be a cosmonaut. Be an astronaut. Your life will be better. Now, who you feel sorry for? The Taikonauts. Oh, who are they? The Chinese astronauts, who one day in the oh, near the future are going to get to get aboard a completely unproven rocket and an un- completely <laughs> unproven capsule and launched into the sky. Maybe they wow. come back down. Maybe they come back down in pieces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, no. I don't have that, a high. I, no. What now? What? Uh, what? Did say the word again? I'm not uh, saying it right. It's T A I K O N A U T. I thought when you first said it, I thought you said tiny astronaut. I'm like, wait a minute, what's this? <laughs> no, are, there, no, no. are we sending miniature people into space now? <laughs> well, that would be that would be good for your fuel. fuel usage. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Shrink your people down and send them into space. <laughs> Dave, jump in whenever you have a question or a comment. I don't, I don't, don't, don't feel like you need to wait for me at all, please. Oh, I, I mostly was just kind of being amused by. How the uh, the Russians are not happy with the United States having this thing that's going to take away their you know four hundred million dollar per yeah. year income, yeah. but and then you know, they're, they're all worried about income. <laughs> they're all they're all worried about you know, the inside of the capsule smelling like isopropyl alcohol, <laughs> right? But I think sometime in the last six months they revised their survival kit based on a recent episode where they landed in the middle of nowhere and they decided, well, we did a, we did a different kind of gun to stay alive. <laughs> That's right, because they're, they're afraid of bears or something? Oh, that, that, yeah. that I think happened a while back. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you're talking awesome. about. 
Oh, maybe it's maybe I thought it was more recent than that, but yeah, they they decided. Oh, hey, we we really want to have a double barrel shotgun with a like a five <laughs> a five six two rifle built into it and a machete because when we land on the ground accidentally it's a problem but right. oh isopropyl alcohol smells <laughs> put, put, put on a gas mask <laughs> that's it i've absolutely had it with these isopropyl alcohol smells yeah. in fairness though is that if you you're in a space station you can't just open the windows and air it out so you know chemical smells you know i could see being a little concerned i i'm just not sure they were real how dare you bring logic and reason to our jokes come on <laughs> oh, sorry. I would think that you could open up a window and air it out really effectively. <laughs> once. Once. Once, yeah. You could do that trick one time. That's I it. S- I see it happening all the time in on TV. Just, you know. <laughs> it does, yeah. It seems like they can do that on airplanes, too. That's pretty cool. All right. And we also had a little... Uh, we had This is kind of follow-up. We talked about the Virgin Galactic rocket, I think, a couple episodes ago. But uh, it actually... They shot it off, and or I don't know, they didn't really shoot it off, did they? They just kind of flew it up there and yeah. glided back, right? Right. I mean, it, it it works it works about as well as you'd expect. Um, I mean, it's a it's a I'm trying to be fair here, but it's it's really <laughs> why it, start now? <laughs> yeah, it, it's really not a spaceship in any conventional sense. You know, it it. it it's a airplane it's basically the x1 you know only with another 40 50 years of science behind it and with a complete a very less capable engine on it its only real purpose is to go straight up in a very sedate and safe manner get up to about 80 miles or 80 kilometers i forget what yeah i think it's 80 kilometers and then come fluttering down and land as a glider that's all it <laughs> That's all it's supposed to do, and since they're not asking much of it, it's, it does okay. <laughs> Except I would definitely take a ride if I could. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. I just wouldn't then tell everybody I was now an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to be an astronaut. At this, I mean, I think at one point I did want to be an astronaut, but I think at this point I'm probably fine. Oh, I would, I would take a ride up to the space station in a heartbeat. I'd probably be sick as a dog, since most people would get space sickness, at least briefly, but still worth it. There we go. What else are we talking about today, guys? Anything fun? Well, the cyclonic bomb might bring up uh, the supermarket emptying out. Tell me about it. I, maybe I should take cover. I'm looking this up, because I never heard of it either. <laughs> yes. Now we're, now we're all Googling it at the same time. Yeah, I, I don't have enough details other than a whole bunch of snow and high winds fell on... You know, like Colorado's got problems. We we had pretty intense winds a couple of days ago. I don't know if that was related to the cyclonic bomb or, you know, I mean, weathermen have to come up with something to call it so that we pay attention. Yeah, and cyclonic bomb is, that's now, great. Here, explosive cyclogenesis is a rapid <laughs> deepening of an extratropical <laughs> cyclonic low-pressure area. <laughs> that sounds like something Bernie Sanders would enjoy. Interestingly enough, the scientist's name is Sanders in 1980 and <laughs> defined a bomb. That's why I said that. On, that's what that's what triggered me on oh, Google. Okay, <laughs> I just saw Sanders. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, his hair looks like it's been hit by a cyclonic bomb. Now they're calling it a bomb cyclone. What exactly is a cyclone bomb here? 
I just I mean, read you it just, to you. You just, you just <laughs> read it to me. I, that doesn't mean I understand. Well, not, neither do I. I'm not oh, okay. a weather. <laughs> so, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, we're going to read random articles from Wikipedia and, and talk about them. <laughs> Fine. Let's move <laughs> on and edit it out. A new, a new regular segment. No, I like that. No, this is what do you mean? This is podcasting gold. Well, I took the time to read about the polar vortex and get a mild understanding of that. But oh, yeah. this happened so quickly, it was an explosion of news that I just I haven't had a chance. <laughs> explosion. To. I see what he did there. I see. Yeah, it's no, it's that's all right. I see. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to have looser reins on the show. But this is clearly not working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're running amok. We're, we have an, we have a, we have a cyclonic explosion podcast is what we have right here. <laughs> Explosive uh, podcast genesis. What, something. uh, what else, what else should we talk about here today, guys? Um, Wide open. Movies? Spoilers? Movies. Slot. Oh, great idea. Sure. All right. We're going to spoil some movies for you. So if you haven't seen First Man, uh, I guess plug your ears. Wait, your ears are probably already plugged. Uh, maybe Yank it out of forward. the computer. That's right. <laughs> Yank that MP3 file out of the computer. Delete it with extreme prejudice. Or just fast forward to the 20 minute and 55 second mark. There you go, because we're going to talk about this for about 10 seconds. Uh, so first man, uh, apparently a movie about Neil Armstrong. No, it isn't a movie about Neil Armstrong and, uh, the Apollo program. Dave, Dave has been excited to talk about this for at least a couple of weeks. Uh, what'd you think of it, Dave? Well, I generally prefer action type movies. This was pretty close to some variation of a drama plus documentary. I... It was all right to watch, but the uh, awards and the hype that I read ahead of time, it, it didn't achieve that for me. It was interesting because I was living during you know, when it was happening, but yeah, it was a little bit slow and not. it wasn't as dramatic as it should be for a drama and it wasn't as documentary and it wasn't full of information, so it wasn't really a documentary. So it's worth watching. Go into it with the right expectations is my suggestion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. It wasn't, like you said, it wasn't a documentary. And it's almost like if you, I mean, I had, I have a fair amount of knowledge about the Apollo program. And <clears throat> I didn't, I think if you didn't know a lot about it, you, you're not getting information about the Apollo program, except some astronauts died and some people went to the moon. And it's it's kind of like. And then there was a lot of family problems and, you know, it was really stressful and, you know, Neil Armstrong was apparently somebody who really kept all his emotions inside. And so, I mean, if that's the kind of stuff you're looking for, I think it, it did actually feel like the relationship between, you know, Neil Armstrong and his wife played by Claire Foy and uh, Neil Armstrong is played by Ryan Gosling. Um, I thought that was really good. And I felt, felt like it was real. Um, Claire Foy is amazing. Um, in just about everything. She was really great in the, uh, the crown on Netflix and, uh, she did a good job in this movie too, but yeah, it wasn't, it's, if you're expecting like an action movie or even something like Apollo 13 or the right stuff or gravity, you know, or really, uh, gravity uh, sucks. <laughs> 
Well, it depends on where you are. But yeah, you can definitely suck if you get smashed. <laughs> the, the movie. The movie. Oh, the movie. Oh, the movie. Alphonse, you're not a fan of Alphonse Cuarón? Excuse me. You haven't done uh, Gravity on Shodino? Uh, we have not done Gravity on Shodino. That's, uh, that's another podcast that I happen to uh, uh, appear on. Um yeah, no, I have not done that. I I actually really enjoyed Gravity, but I enjoyed it from a filmmaking standpoint. And I don't have any. That was definitely not a documentary either. Yeah. But the way they made the the way they filmed that movie is pretty damn amazing. And if I ever do, if we ever do the podcast, if we ever do the Shodino podcast on Gravity, we'll we'll go into that. But but this movie cause... first man uh, i don't know so so uh carney you haven't seen this movie is that correct no and from listening to dave i i felt pretty much every desire to see it pretty much drain out because <laughs> i no and that's a good thing because i think i'm closer to dave's end of the spectrum than yours is that listening to you extol its virtues and its virtues seem to be very technical and that's exactly what i'm not looking for in a movie that I would enjoy. I mean, no, technical actually, well, is good, yeah. but it's got to have something else behind it. And when you're talking about how great the the wife, the actor playing the wife of the main <laughs> topic is, and, you know, this is about the Apollo program, I'm going, okay, we're gone pretty down, far down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, it did have a fair amount of stuff. And the, I think, the, actually, I think the way they portrayed the Apollo 1 mission was fantastic and horrifying and you know very it felt like oh my god this is nothing actually i mean as far as technical accuracy from what i understand it's extremely accurate and yeah and well done so i mean but but you know that's not what the movie is about the movie is about neil armstrong and how emotionally closed down he was as a human being basically yeah, not that not now, that interested in seeing that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a drama. Right, exactly. It was a drama about his lack of drama. Yeah, that, <laughs> thank you. That's exactly what I was thinking. It was a drama lacking drama, is what I was thinking. That's exact. That's true, though. That's 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 actually that's horrible. Yeah, that was that's no. Horrible. I'm not, and I'm not. I'm not saying that this is a great movie. I'm just. I'm just trying to describe how I felt about it. But uh, no, I'd probably give it a. I'd probably give it three stars out of four. How many? What would you give it out of four stars, Dave? I don't think I could go over two. Um, for me, I have to factor in cost, and it was a dollar eighty-seven, so <laughs> mm. that bumps it up to two out of four. Okay, but in the theaters, it would have only made it one. <laughs> yeah, if I was paying, you know, eighteen bucks plus popcorn for this thing, one. That's a bomb right there. <laughs> All right. Well, and uh, and uh, we we mentioned a couple other good movies. I I thoroughly enjoyed the right stuff. You guys enjoyed that, I assume. The uh, nineteen eighty three uh, Philip Kaufman, Chuck Yeager thing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Chuck Yeager played by Ed Harris, of course, who was also uh, who played uh, uh, oh, it's uh, Gene Krantz in uh, Apollo thirteen. Did you enjoy the Apollo thirteen movie? I did. Yes. I did not see the right stuff. I did see Apollo 13. I did enjoy 13. No, I'd say uh, uh, the right stuff. I haven't seen that in a while. I might, that might be a good show, Dino. I think it's worth seeing to anybody who's got interest in that because it does a pretty good job of it. It's not a technical documentary, 
but it's a lot more interesting than First Man sounds like. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about Apollo 13, right? No, I'm talking about Wright stuff. Apollo 13, I think, is even better than that. Okay. Yeah, I think they're both really good. Um, I thought, I actually think the right stuff might be a little bit better film, but yeah, the right stuff was a it was a casualty of the its released time. That was the last six months of high school for me, and I I wasn't really paying attention to the theater. So, did they did they go through Apollo one in the right stuff, or did that just end after the Gemini program? Uh, I didn't even get to Gemini. It was um, purely the um, Mercury um, Atlas. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it was it was really about it was about the test pilot culture and the new um, astronaut culture and the the tie-ins and conflicts between them. Really, when you get down to it, something else. We we are moving on to something else. Thank you, uh, Aquaman. I have not seen so, but I am planning on seeing that this week. Did you see that in the theater, Carney? Yes, I did. And I was going to say is if you're going to see it this week, maybe we should wait till the next podcast to discuss. Yeah. Aquaman. So, folks, if you haven't uh, seen Aquaman, uh, watch it and uh, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. Now, Alita, I probably want to say something, especially if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what do you what do you have to say about? Well, first of all, tell me what is Alita. Alita is the is um um oh I can't remember director's names Cameron's James Cameron uh, do yeah doing of the Battle Angel Alita manga it's it it's the manga was one of the staples of I mean it it informed a lot of manga following it the same way Dark Knight did for the you know comic book industry you know. I, the Dark Knight was the start of the Dark Ages, and Battle Angel Alita was the start of a lot of dystopian future-type mangas. That being said, is that it would have been it been a project that everybody's been dreaming of doing for years, but the technology just wasn't up for it. The technology finally got to the point where you could do a decent one, but the the problem with this movie is it's it's well acted. Involving characters, beautifully done, and you could. I think most people would really enjoy it as long as they go into it understanding that they did this thing, planning on doing sequels. Because okay, so this is episode one, basically. Yeah, it's it's a really concentrated first two episodes of a ten episode miniseries, is what it is. Oh wow! Okay, and was it good? En- was it good enough that they're going to make a sequel? In the U.S., no, but it made it's I think over four hundred million worldwide. Mm-hmm. So it seems pretty likely that it will. Yeah. And it's it's a it's and this a great was movie. by the way this was written by James Cameron, but it was directed by Robert Rodriguez, who's fantastic and done lots of really great stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, James Cameron is the big is the big fan, and he's the one who got the rights to it a bunch of years ago. Great characters, great acting, lots of action. It's just you get to the final scene of the movie, and it's like. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you no, know, it's like what? You know, it's like and and <laughs> and <laughs> and a, a bit of warning to anybody who's a primarily a manga fan. It's definitely Alita Battle Angel Alita, but it doesn't follow the manga strictly. So don't be too invested in seeing specific scenes or specific things happening. Gotcha. 
All right. Well, with I think with those, uh, but it sounds like you're you're recommending it with, uh, with caveats. Caveats. Yes, exactly. All right. We're gonna move on to what's been good this fortnight. Uh, I'm gonna start because I actually have one, and I'm not sure if the other guys have one or not. But hey, I do. I do. That's I not do, my I problem. Oh, good. Excellent. So I'm going to start with an episode of Nova. Actually, it was I watched it this week, um, but it uh, was on, it was from it was on my DVR, so it was from several weeks ago. Hopefully, you can still find it. But it was the one uh, Einstein's quantum riddle, uh, where they basically had kind of the uh, the actual scientific experiment to determine uh, if uh, um, uh, uh, whose theory of the universe, uh, either Einstein's or uh, Niels, Niels Bohr, um, was correct, and uh, turns out uh, Einstein was wrong. Spoiler alert. But uh, mm, th- Was it so, that Einstein yeah, was wrong? I'm, that's okay, what, sorry. W- well, I mean, he. that's what the, the show... No, I mean, it was... I I'm not enough of an expert to know uh, to know all the math behind it, but uh, but Einstein basically said you know he he, he ridiculed the uh, the idea the quantum physics uh, world and then turned out that that's correct yeah yeah exactly and it was like well and he you know he he ridiculed them by saying you know oh, this is spooky action at a distance and it's like well yeah actually it turns out that that's that is actually what happens. So anyway, it was a good a good episode of Nova. Yeah, when Einstein, uh, his second work, he he start, he accepted quantum, or at least parts of quantum mechanics later on. But yeah, that's just the famous line: the spooky action at a distance. Spooky. Anyway, Dave, you got anything? Uh, what's been good this fortnight for you, Dave? Well, in keeping with my theme on kitchen appliances, so. A few episodes ago, we were reviewing the pizzazz, or at least discussing it in some detail. It has uh, fallen by the wayside, not because there's anything wrong with it, but uh, my wife won an Instapot at a Uh-oh. And uh, according to uh, social media, our life will start changing. And uh, I don't know if it's quite that, but it's been it's been fairly interesting. She. She has used it each weekend, and uh, she made uh, things like uh, you know, mac and cheese is one of the top hits that you know you, you got to try that. Um, the most interesting recent one that she did was she made lasagna that you know if, if it wasn't in a round shape, you would never guess that it was. You know, you would think, well, it just came out of the oven. So, and uh, Carney, how about you? What's been good for you this fortnight? Cheese balls. Cheese balls. Yes. Tell. After twelve years of of suffering and privation, planters have started ma- doing their cheese balls again, and I acquired a supply. And the first thing I did was I sat down with a l- large round container of planters cheese balls and then ate the entire thing by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I was. Needless to say, I did not eat supper that night, but I regret nothing. <laughs> I wonder if there's a way you could uh, put cheese balls in the Instapot and really come up with something special. I'm sure you would come up with something very special if you did that. <laughs> <laughs> or another possibility is put the cheese balls in a blender, pulse it oh. a few times, and then rub it all over yourself and get a Magna <laughs> hat. Ooh. It does sound good. You got to be sure to um, have swim goggles on when you're doing that, so you have the raccoon look. 
<laughs> you kind of get the Trump look that way, I think. Right? I did you not say that. <laughs> no, I said it. I said it. I meant it, too. God damn it. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us on the Dedicated Nerds podcast. Thanks for uh, listening, everyone. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, if you want to contact us, we are Dedicated Nerds uh, at Dedicated Nerds on Twitter and uh, Dedicated Nerds at gmail.com. Visit and listen to the show. Send your uh, friends and neighbors and grandmas and uncles to uh, dedicatednerds.net, and uh, I'm sure they'll enjoy themselves just as much as our family does. Uh, thanks, Carney. Have a good night. You too, Rob. And uh, Dave, good night to you, sir. Well, thank you. Uh, good night to all of our uh, awesome listeners. And we're done. <laughs>